Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Praise God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord together. Amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you notice uh, in your insert that it's different from the sermon series that we've been doing. The sermon series we've been doing is uh, fullness, talking about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue that series, but we're going to continue it this Tuesday night. Did everybody hear that? We're going to continue that series, but we're going to continue that series this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, Okay. The reason we're doing that is God's been laying it on my heart to, to have a time through the week that we have a house of prayer. And, um, and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and seeking the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I feel like on Sunday morning there's not enough time to put our roots in and take time and pray and seek God's face. So Tuesday night is going to be a lot. There's going to be some worship. Um, I don't know if it'll be live or if it'll be on a CD, but we'll do a little bit of worship and then I'll do, uh, I think I'm going to take one gift at a time. Like we'll go word of knowledge this Tuesday night. And when we're done learning about it, we're going to practice and we're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit on that Tuesday night. So I encourage you to keep coming to that. Uh, that's just kind of how the Lord put it on my heart to do it. And I know he's going to bless that effort in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, to, we thank you today. We thank you for the presence of God that fills the house. We thank you for the people that came hungry to hear your word today and to say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Lord, I pray that every ear will be open. Right now, just ask the Lord to open your ears and that every heart would want to receive. Amen. That song talked about let the walls come down between you and the Lord. I pray now that walls can come down in hearts today as we hear the preaching of the word. And Father, today, give us just a heart to want to practice and receive what you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's been dealing with me about the making of a woman of God or a man of God. That there's a making, there's a process, there's, there's steps, there's, there's, there's something that we need to get to do to go from point A to point B. I don't think that it just happens by osmosis. It's something that we have to be intentional about. And first of all, to want to be that woman of God or that man of God, I believe it starts with having a desire in your heart for that. How many of you have a desire in your heart to be the man of God that God's called you to be? How many of you have a desire in your heart to be that woman of God that you're called to be? I remember in Bible college, we used to call the the women, we called them wogs. Now, I said wog, not hog. I said wogs. Amen. Woman of God. And then the the man's was mog. Hey, we're, we're 18 years old at Bible college. What do you expect? Mogs and wogs. Amen. We were talking about that one day and I told my friend I was, we were talking about how the women were wogs and I just, you you know me, I'm immature and, and always trying to do something that I shouldn't do. I told my buddy who was a city boy from Florida, I said, hey, speaking about wogs, do you know how you hog call? How you call hogs? Because I'm a farmer. And I started to call the hogs. 
I started showing him, this is how you call hogs. And when you call hogs, they just come running to the barn. And, I, and he said, well, how do you do that? And I said, you start like this. You go, suey. Everybody say suey. Suey. And then you got to get a real solemn pig, 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 pig. Suey. Pig, 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 pig. When we started doing that, and all, this is no lie. When we started doing that, there was two girls that turned and looked at us and said, huh, what? And uh, actually, the guy married one of those ladies. So, <laughs> so um, we're not talking about hog calling. We're talking about mog and wog calling. How many want to be a man of God and a woman of God? Amen. God's just been talking to me, and he's been saying this. I'm serious. He's been saying this. He said, I want to take people to a new place. I want marriages to go to a place they haven't been. I want businesses to go to a place they haven't been. Some of you that are seeking higher education and master's degrees, that's God dealing with your heart. He wants to take you to a new place. I want to do something through you. God's been saying that, man, I just want to go through these people. I want to do something. I heard him say, man, Brian, I want to do something for people. I want to give them the land. I want to give them blessings. I want to give them the land. I want to give them their inheritance. How many know that you have an inheritance, and I think we're just touching the surface of the inheritance that God has given us? He said, I'm wanting to give you that land. I'm wanting to release people into their purpose, their anointing, and their ministry. And to me, that's that quest to want to move in to be a man of God. Well, I believe some things have to happen before we can move in to be that woman of God or to be that man of God. I think that, 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 that we've been called to be. I believe there are shifts and I believe there are changes and I believe there's some mindsets we need to undo and some understanding that we need to have that has to happen before we enter in into this pathway or this calling that God's calling us to walk So I'm going to be talking kind of down those lines in the next few months. But today, I I want to take the first point. To people that want to be that woman of God or that man of God, the first thing that I want to talk to today, and we're actually only going to do the first thing on your insert, is we have to be led to the wilderness. When you're initially called out to God, it's usually followed by a wilderness experience. When you're being called from one level to another level, or, you, or, or when you've been called and you weren't saved and you give your heart to the Lord and now you're a Christian where you're moving into that new land. Anything that you move into, anytime that there's a door, anytime that there's a door that God wants us to walk through and walk into something new, listen to me. There's always an enemy at that door. There's always an enemy at that gate. There's always an enemy standing there saying, I don't want you to move into that. I want you to keep the, pardon my French, but the sucky marriage that you have. I want you to keep that awful job that that you have and those kind of things. I want you to stay right where you're at. And the enemy tries to keep you there. But, but, But God leads people into the wilderness. And the wilderness is a testing time and it's a proving time. Now, if you go through scriptures, there's a lot of things that happened in the wilderness. We know that Moses ran to the wilderness. We know that Moses killed the two Egyptians. It was there in the wilderness. Think about this. If Moses hadn't have had that failure, how many of you ever feel like you fail in God's calling? 
You know, God said, I want you to be the deliverer. And Moses was like, all right, I'm going to be your deliverer. I'm going to deliver. Well, he got in the flesh and did something in the flesh, killed two Egyptians. Was God done with him? No, he fled. He fled Pharaoh and he fled Egypt and he went out into the wilderness. But listen to this. It's in that wilderness that Moses learned how to be a shepherd. It's in that wilderness, listen to this, it's in that wilderness where Moses found that relationship with Jethro. You know that in your walk with the Lord, there are things that are happening that God is is strategically doing and people are being placed in your life strategically by the Lord and you might think you're in a wilderness. You might think you're running from Pharaoh, but really you're not running from Pharaoh, you are running from Pharaoh, but you're learning to shepherd. You're getting someone in your life that's named Jethro who's going to be a a huge influence in your life to where God's wanting to take you and how God's wanting to use you in a few years. You're, You're being mentored by this Jethro. You're out in a land. Do you realize where Moses was out at in that land? That's where they sojourned. That's where the children of Israel spent 40 years. He knew where the water places were. He knew where the best places were to take up camp. Why? Because he was in the wilderness. So don't despise your wildernesses. There may be an influence or person you're supposed to know. It may be navigating, putting something in you, so you're going to know how to navigate your course in a few years. It was there that Moses saw the burning bush. How many remember that? That was the place where God gave Moses the authority. It was there in the wilderness that Moses learned to talk to God as a man talks to a brother face to face. It was in that place. But I believe in the making of a man of God that there is a place where God sets it up where you flee and you are going to the wilderness. And I believe some of you are looking at, what is, at what's going on in your life today and thinking it's chaos. And you're saying, why God, why? What God, what? When God, when? But I'm telling you today to have a new perspective that this is a part of the experience that God is making you and to the man or the woman of God that he's called you to be. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a woman of God or you're a man of God. Turn to them, speak that prophetically. Really speak that to them. Say, you're a man of God. You are a woman of God. You know, Israel's deliverance from Egypt, from Pharaoh's cruel hand, it says, listen to this scripture. It says, then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Look at this. These instructions came from the Lord. Do we have that that scripture? The Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pihatharoth between Migdal and the sea. Think about that. Between Migdal and the sea and Pihatharoth. Camp there along the shore across from Belzephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. Look at this. They are trapped in a wilderness. They are trapped in a wilderness. And once again, look at this. God says this. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. Isn't that kind of strange? When it, when it says that, listen to, listen to this. Think about this. Those mountain ranges that they're saying, what we have here is we have the Red Sea in front of them. How many know about Moses in the Red Sea coming out of, Israel, out of Egypt? We got the Red Sea in front of them. And then in the word, God specifically says the mountain range on this side. And then he specifically names the mountain range on this side. 
And he specifically hardens the heart of Pharaoh and causes Pharaoh to chase them into that trap, you might say. Man, he chased them. They, they, they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't go anywhere but forward. You know, sometimes God allows mountains to be on each side of you. Sometimes he allows the enemy to come up behind you and up on your feet to overtake you. And then when you look forward, there's nothing but a sea that you think you can't cross. I remember the Lord showing me that scripture when I was about 20 years old. I was a senior pastor in a church. I only got saved when I was 18. And, and I remember him showing me that scripture. And I was crying out and said, Lord, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to preach the word. I, I don't like the responsibility. I, I don't like the pressure. I just want to, I, I used to beg him. I'd say, I just want to go back to Bible. I want to go to college. I want to play football. I was still young enough that, that I could still play football. I want to play football. Lord, I can get that paid for by playing. I want to do that, Lord. Why do I have to be a pastor? Why, do I, why am I placed in front of people every Sunday? Red Sea in front, mountain on one side, mountain on the other side, enemy coming in behind me, accusing me and telling me I'm going down and I'm worthless as a pastor. But the Lord's saying, I loved you enough and I know your heart and I know what's good for you, Brian. Do you know what's standing in front of people preaching every day does to you it'll get you on your knees praying with a prayer life that I was was, uh, what's that word when you can't get it Uh, where it stayed where you can't you can't get it I never could get the prayer life I never could grab the prayer life I never could do it I could never be consistent in the word how many know if you're standing in front of people preaching you're going to be in the word how many know if you're standing in front of people, uh, uh, you're going to get some prayer? You know the other thing that will straighten you up when you know you're standing in front of people? Holiness. Dropping off some things in your night life that you know are unpleasing to the Lord, but you just live with it because you're like, what's it matter? But you don't want to be a hypocrite. So you know what was happening to me? Is God had mountains on each side of me and the Red Sea in front of me, but he was teaching me how to be a man of prayer he was teaching me how to be a man of the word he was teaching me how to be a man of the spirit he was teaching me how how to get rid of some things in my life that were messing me up you know what I think the best antidote for people that don't pray don't read their word and got sin in their life lead a bible study I really do lead a bible study Get yourself out there and, and, and it, it, it'll like be a pressure cooker that helps you do really what you're wanting to do anyway. That was a wilderness experience. How about Elijah? When Elijah fled to the brook of Cherith or his wilderness as he was running from Ahab, I mean, we see the, where he called fire down and, it lit, and fire came down and, and all the prophets of Baal. How many know that story? It was an amazing story. But right after that amazing story, Elijah fled and was afraid of Ahab and Jezebel. And he went out and he was kept at this place called the Brook Cherith. You know what happened at the Brook Cherith? That wilderness experience is where Elijah learned 
that God was going to feed him. First of all, he put the brook Cherith, which was a place that he had clean water and fresh water. Why is that so important? Because he just prophesied a three-year drought. So there wasn't, there wasn't any water. So what it did is it taught him, listen, what did that wilderness experience do? It taught him to trust the Lord. It taught him to trust the Lord. How many of you are in a wilderness right now that you're having, you are having to trust the Lord with all your heart and it doesn't make any sense in your understanding, but you have to keep acknowledging him because he's directing your path. That's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 through 5, okay? So he was learning that trust. He was learning, I trust God for drink. And, and get this, Matt, he was fed by ravens. How'd the guy eat? He was fed by ravens. So everything that came out of his hand, he got it from God. Here's the other interesting thing about Elijah at this place, in his wilderness. That's where you have that famous scripture where God says, hey, Elijah, I'm going to teach you my voice. How many thinks a man or a woman of God needs to know the voice of God? How many believe that? So if you're a, a, a wog or a mog that you're wanting to hear, the, that you need to hear the voice of God. How many know there's all kinds of voices in your head? You got the voice of reason. You got the voice of yourself. You got the voice of other people. And to where sometimes you're like, can somebody tell me what to do or what God's voice is? And that's where you say to yourself, I always say this with that. I always say, I am a sheep. And the Bible says that the sheep know the voice of a shepherd and another voice they will not hear. Okay? But God said this. He said, I'm going to show you my voice. And he said, I'm going to hide you in the cleft because if anybody sees me in my holiness, he'll die. And God not only, Elijah not only did not get to see God face to face. Now listen, he had a God encounter, but it was so powerful that God put him in a cleft of a rock. And then he even had to put his hand over him and God just went by him. And the Bible says that Elijah only saw the back parts of the Lord. But he saw the Lord. It's in that wilderness that you see the Lord. And in that place, uh, God's, a big earthquake came. And God said, I'm not in the earthquake. A big fire came. And God said, I'm not in, that, in the fire. And then a big, uh, there was a fire earthquake. And then a big wind came. And the Lord said, I'm not in the wind. But then it says, but then a still small voice came. And God said, that's me. So a man or a woman of God learns to discern the different voices in his head. And he gets to where he can hear the still small voice. Listen to me. Do, do you know, if he hadn't have gotten depressed, if he hadn't have gotten depressed and he, and he hadn't have gotten so afraid that he literally fled for his life and he even co coiled up in a ball and he said, Lord, I despair life. I don't even want to... I don't even want to live. See, today, you may be feeling lonely. You may be feeling depressed. And you may be coiled up suicidal. Hey, call it what it is. There may be people suicidal today. But I'm telling you, it's in that wilderness that you can drink from the brook Cherith. I remember when my personality was in, was in alcohol and, and I was afraid to meet people. And I used to just lay in my room in another wilderness experience. 
And I would cry out and I'd say, it's just you and me, God, in my dormitory because I was too backwards to go eat lunch in the cafeteria. It was in that loneliness. It was in that despair. It was in that depression. Are you on medication today? Are you, uh, are you having anxiety? Are you having those pressures? Let's turn our perspective and let's see God in that wilderness. And let's find out what it is that God, he wants to show himself a friend to the lonely. He wants to show himself a drink to the thirsty. He wants to show himself something to eat. Are you all with me today? It's wilderness experiences. And get this, and get this. Elijah was being fed by the hand of God, and he was drinking at the brook Cherith, and God was speaking to him and doing earthquakes and wind and all these encounters and things, and He's starting to change and he's starting to get some motivation and he's starting to be excited about the things of God. He's just about to, he's he's starting to feel some confidence and the cowardness is leaving and he's starting to feel some confidence and he's starting to feel some bravery in those three years that he was in that wilderness to where he's starting to think, it's about time to go back and talk to Ahab and Jezebel. He's starting to think that. Because he said it's not going to rain for three, was it three years or three and a half years? I don't remember which one, neither here nor there. But anyway, that's what happens is in that wilderness, you're starting to be built back up. But listen, even in that time, the brook had to dry up. Listen, the brook had to dry up to press him on out to what God called him to do. Are you all with me? The brook dried up. You know why Elijah finally went back and finished business and finished what he started? It's because his brook dried up and it forced him to move forward. There are so many prophetic words. The Lord told me today that he was going to speak prophetically to people. Even a while ago when I said the master's degree, the Lord told me somebody's supposed to do a master's degree and they're doubting it. And me saying that confirmed it. Now somebody's going to go get a master's degree today. The Lord told me that the prophetic's going to happen like crazy today. That things that you've been thinking about and things that you've been wondering about. Here's the other one. Is, has your brook dried up to where you're being forced into something new and you don't even know what it is? Be encouraged today because God is in control. Look at David. David had a wilderness experience Uh, He took care of his father's sheep. What did David, what happened with David's wilderness experience? It was there that he learned to be a shepherd. It was there that he was trained. Did David know that he was going to go fight Goliath? Everybody knows the story. Did David know that he was going to fight Goliath? No. David probably thought, man, my brothers get to do everything. God sticks me on the backside of the desert And I heard Samuel's coming in our house tomorrow and all my brothers are getting to meet Samuel and my dad, boy, I'd like to just punch my dad. My dad's sending me on the backside of the desert to be with these stupid sheep while the prophet's at the house. I think that's real. But you know what? God didn't look past him. Even when, all, when Eli, Eli, Shemnah, and Abinadab, when they went before him, Samuel said, no, it's not the one. I'm not going to anoint him. They even acted like there weren't, weren't any more brothers. All of them went by. But God said 
to Samuel, is there any more family? And he said, well, we got David. He's out in the back. Bring him. You may think that you've been overlooked. I'm prophetically speaking again. You may think that you've been overlooked. You may think that you have been passed by in a job promotion. You may think that you've been passed by in a relationship to someone that you thought was really the right one to share your life with. It may have passed by at this moment. But God sees you. I'm saying, but God sees you. You're being trained for your future. David was trained to be the shepherd of Israel, one of the greatest shepherds to ever lead Israel. David was being, he he was being trained. He may not have been at a great gym like yours, Alex. Alex owns a gym in in Schaumburg. It may not have been a great gym with some, some, what do you call them things you punch? Some of those things to punch and a ring to learn to fight and learning jiu-jitsu and whatever else you guys learn. Being trained by the best, Alex. Alex is the best trainer. David may not have been trained by the best, but he was on the backside of the desert, and he was like Rambo running up mountains. He was like Rambo carrying around logs. He may not have had the gym, but he had some bears, and he had some lions that tried to attack his sheep, and God let him train by ripping those lions and those bears of peace with his two hands. And then it was later that with boldness, because of his wilderness experience, it was later with boldness, he could look at Goliath and he could say, you uncircumcised, two-bit, big mouth, ugly, and let me say ugly, Philistine, how dare you stand and defy the armies of God. While today, I'm going to pick up this stone and I'm going to fling it and you are coming down, Goliath. Just like God delivered me from a bear and a lion, he'll deliver me from you today and I will chop your head off and feed it to the fowls of the air. Wilderness experience. Say it with me. Wilderness experience. It was there. I believe David probably wrote a lot of the Psalms that he put in the book later. It was there that he played the heart. It is there that he learned worship. You know, I got a problem with people that just put on worship on Sunday morning. I got a problem with the hands only going up on Sunday morning. I got a problem with the claps that only happen on Sunday morning. I got a problem with the woo-hoos that only happen on Sunday morning. To me, they need to be happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all day Saturday. Amen? It's there you learn those things. Amen? After Jesus was baptized, I mean, I, I could go on and on. I could do story after story after story. Look at Paul. I mean, you could go through Paul, and I could pull out a whole bunch of stuff of Paul. Look at Jesus when he was baptized. Jesus was led of the Spirit to be tempted there by the devil. Amen. Let's just look at that. Turn in your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. If it's on your phone, grab it on your phone. Let's just read this. First of all, I want you to notice. How many of you noticed that these wilderness, everybody bump your neighbor and say, wake up today. Amen. 
I've seen a couple dozen. Amen. I'm doing all I can. <laughs> Fred says you need to do a little better. <laughs> I love you, Fred. If you don't be good, if you don't be good, you can't sit on that front anymore. <laughs> and also, if you don't be good, I'm going to have people come up and see them shorts you got on today. <laughs> In fact, come up here, Fred. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you guys got to check out his, his outfit today. Fred, come up here. Everybody's wondering now. Come up here, Fred. Oh, all of our religious people are saying, oh, God, how can he go there? Because you know what? God has a lot of fun. Look at this guy. <laughs> Look at them shorts. <laughs> He wants to come all the way up. <laughs> Look at them shorts. To go higher or go to heaven. <laughs> now, you got to go back now. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do a little better. Help him out, Bob. I'm going to do a little better. Doggone, I wish I could pull off shorts like that. <laughs> you guys wish you could pull off shorts like that. Woo, baby. Come on, Jesus, take us. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, is it good to be a Christian? Let's have some fun. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, Jada. Jada. <laughs> Jada's trying to teach me how to be current. <laughs> current? <laughs> no, I'm teasing you, Jada. Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. Look at this. Let's read it. Let's read it. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. I'd underline that in your Bible. Into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. And man, he got hungry. During that time, the devil, the tempter, the accuser, Satan, came and said to him, If, hey, isn't this weird that the heavens just opened up and said, Think about this. I just thought of this. The Lord just dropped this in my spirit. Think about this. He just got baptized, and the heavens opened up, and God said with a voice, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't it funny that the devil comes and says, if you are the son of God? Think about that. How many does he try to do that to you when God says, you are my beloved I'm my beloved's, my beloved's mine, he loves me, you're my son, you're my daughter, God's my father. How many know that the temptation comes by saying, well, if God really loves you, if, and look at that, he tried to get Jesus thinking, if you are the son of God, of course he is, God just told him, tell these stones to be loaves of bread. Jesus answered him, no, everybody say the scripture says, Say it again. The scripture says. So, so what are you learning in the wilderness? When the devil comes and tempts you, what do you use with him? The word. Everybody say the word. Don't give me any excuses saying I don't know the word. There is enough helps today. You can know the word. You can type up anything and say, show me every scripture on depression. Show me every scripture on whatever you're going through. You can stand on the word. Somebody say Amen. And you need to stand on the word. But he says, he said, uh, don't live by bread alone by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. 
Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if, I never saw that, if, he tries to get, the devil tries to get you to doubt if you are the son of God, if you are the daughter of God, jump off. The scripture says uh, he'll order the angels to protect you and they'll hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot even on a stone. Jesus responded, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, said, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Hmm, God just dropped another thing in my spirit. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. The devil said, I'll give it to you if you will kneel down and worship me. How many is the devil offering that to today while you aren't walking in to be the man God's called you to be? How many of you aren't being the woman God's called you to be because you've been caught up in the pride of this life? If, hey, I'll give you a promotion. I'll tell you what, it bothers me when people say, God's blessing my business, praise God, but I can't come to church anymore. And I don't tithe anymore. What? 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 Something that I really appreciate about my father, my dad. He was Missouri Farmer of the Year. And all farmers in 1988, we farmed over 2,000 acres. We farmed corn, soybeans, milo, all, all kinds of stuff, wheat. But my dad, the farmers will tell you, When it's time to put the seed in the ground, you got to get the seed in the ground. When it's time to harvest, you got to harvest. When it's time to bale hay, especially alfalfa, huh, Kevin, or red clover, because if the flower, if you don't get red clover at the right spot, all the protein falls off on the ground. You got to to bale red, red clover at the right time. But here's what they would say. All the farmers would say, God understands us missing church. God understands us not having our Sabbath Because we got to get in the harvest. What? Uh Uh-uh, baby. No. God calls us to have a Sabbath day. And Sabbath day is as much New Testament as it is Old Testament. We are to have a day that we come and we worship the Lord. It doesn't matter about your job or if the corn's in the field or this, that, and the other. You can tell them you want off on Sunday. My dad said, I will never do harvest and field work on Sunday. It's the Lord's day. You know what? 1988, Missouri Farmer of the Year. God blesses obedience. The pride of life. Flip over to 1 John. Man, I heard some old me's. It was getting quiet on that. Amen. How many still love the word? Amen. I was going to say how many of you love me, but you know, I don't really care if you love me. I used to care, but I don't anymore. Because I got to care if he loves me. Amen. Hey, look at this. 1 John chapter 2, where Jesus had three temptations. This is going to break it down for us. Same three temptations. Do not love this world. Good job, guys. Nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. 
a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and what we possess. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone that does what pleases God, he or her will live forever. Brothers and sisters, what we learn as the musicians are coming, what we learn in the wilderness is how to say, Lord, take this world from me. I don't want it anymore. Some of you are in a wilderness where you are being tempted with the cravings of your physical flesh. Listen to me. Some of you, listen, some of you and some of me, we give this flesh whatever it wants. The the one that, we, we give this flesh, if it wants to throw a fit in wine, we let it throw a fit in wine. We, whatever our physical, if we want to look at a girl that's not dressed properly, we look at a girl not dressed properly. If, if God's saying, don't say that about your Christian brother or your sister, don't say that remark about church leadership, we fulfill the appetites of our physical cravings and we do it anyway. You'll never enter into the man of, or woman of God that he's called you to be until you go to a wilderness and you crucify physical cravings and affections. Are y'all with me today? You, 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 you destroy those things, okay? So why does the wilderness have to happen? I close with this scripture in Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 5. It says this. Again, I think this is cool that God's saying it. Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 5. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 years. Humbling you. Testing you. To prove your character. And to find out whether or not you would serve and obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry. Because when you were hungry in the wilderness is when you started crying out for bread. He did teach you this, that people do not live by bread alone, but with what comes out of the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes, they didn't wear out. And your feet, they didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. You don't hear that preached much in pulpits anymore. You don't hear it much. But I want, I hear God saying he wants to make men of God and women of God. Well, if you're going to be a man of God or a woman of God, you're going to have to not despise the disciplines of the Lord. And not, dis, and not freak out when you're corrected by him. Anybody out there? How many want to be corrected by the word? How many... How many, we, got a, we got a world that says do what you want and let the word come around your life. God wants us to do his word and let our life go around his word. Anybody out there say amen. amen. I close with this. The trials, 1 Peter 1, 7, these trials will show if your faith is genuine. Why do I go through stuff? See if you're going to live for the Lord or not. You know, a lot of people are a lot of, they say it, but a lot, not a lot of doing it. 
These trials show that your faith is genuine. You know, it's easy to say God's Jehovah Jireh. He provides everything when you've got a good job and money in the savings account. Say it when you don't have anything. Amen. But God, the fire purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so that when your faith remains strong through trials, it'll bring much praise and glory to the honor of God. Here's what I believe God's doing as you guys put that picture up that I looked for. Guys, put that picture up that I looked for. Come on, stay with me up there. Amen. The fire that comes in people's life Fire causes the dross to come up. A lot of the trials and the tribulations and the testings that are happening in your life right now, it's a chance for God to go like this and clear off the dross, the impurities that are coming up. One time I had a vision of this where, where, where stuff was happening and all this yuck was coming up in my, my life that I didn't want to look at and I didn't want to deal with it. And the Lord said, I want you to look at it and I want you to deal with it because I want to take it away. Listen. And then in that vision, I felt this pot go up and it tilted to where I could see in the pot. And the Lord says, and then I can see a reflection of myself in you. And that's why I put that up there. Brothers and sisters, some of the biggest blow-ups in marriage are the biggest things that God uses to take things out of us. Some of the most difficult times and testings prove out to be some of the most beneficial times when we come to the Lord. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Father, I'm asking that your word get in the heart of people today. Lord, I'm asking that that people would say, Lord, that there would be in, in the heart of people that they would say, Lord, I want to be that man or God that you've called me to be. With every head bowed and eyes closed, are you saying yes to God today? A while ago when we were saying that we want heaven to come to earth, were we saying yes, we want that to happen? Are we fighting and whining, whining instead of dying? Are we kicking and screaming or are we surrendering and saying yes to his will and way? Amen. You may be in a wilderness today, but I want to ask you, what is God wanting to do? What is God wanting to break out? What is God wanting to show you? You may be in the most difficult pain and bitterness and turmoil and despair and depression like Elijah, but God wants these things to be seen and dealt with so that you can take your deepest pains and your hurts and they can catapult you into your future. What is God preparing you for? Father, in Jesus' name, let's all stand to our feet today. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. If you're on the prayer team, if you guys want to come forward. These people have prayed all week, and they've been asking God for you to come today. So if there's anything that you need prayer about, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's relational, maybe you're going through a tough time, and you just need somebody to be there with you. These people are here to pray with you today, so, so, so don't leave not letting these guys pray for you. And then also you'll notice on the sides, there's a lot of room on the sides If God dealt with you about any part of this message 
please come and just spend that time of prayer with him. The worship team is going to sing, and then Braden, you can close out. God bless you. Remember Tuesday night at 7. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.